This is Music Ed Amplified. Hello and welcome to the Music Ed Amplified podcast, where we're all about the ups and downs of teaching music in the real world. We talk about various music ed topics, approaches, and philosophies, and all along the way I share how I'm learning to confront racism, bias, and inequity in my life and in my teaching. Before we get to the interview with Laura Harmon, I just wanted to share a fun, cool byproduct of something I did this week with first grade during our On Wednesdays We Sing lesson. We've been talking about Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald, who I want to reiterate we talk about at other times in the school year as well. And I introduced the kids to someone new to me, Jasmia Horn. And by the way, there's a link to a fantastic video she did over on my Music Ed with Missy Facebook page if you want to check it out. If you want to look her up on your own, it's spelled J-A-Z-Z-M-E-I-A Horn. Anyway, we've been talking about scat singing for a few lessons, and I was finally getting a chance to ask for volunteers for what I called, Which Cat Wants to Try a Short Scat? Nothing fancy, just simply raise your hand and give it a whirl if you want to. And I set them up by doing it throughout the lesson in transitions and instructions up until this point. If they seem nervous, I would either ask them to just echo me doing a starting scat or give them a funny word to try, which did the trick every time. So by the time we were rolling and the kids were singing, I realized, duh, this is the coolest Arioso activity ever. You might hear me say that and think, really, Missy, this is a revelation to you? Well, yes, it was. I think that because I can fall into the trap of being too set in my thinking when it comes to instruction, sometimes, and erroneously, I tend to think of the parts of the first steps workout like boxes I have to check. Arioso is an excellent example. Instead of just reminding myself of something I regularly preach to teachers, that Arioso is simply helping kids to create spontaneously with their voice for fun and to develop their musicianship, I can get stuck in the weeds trying to make sure I'm hitting all my marks and, quote, doing it right. So here they were, scatting their little hearts out, some doing a fantastic job, and others I was just proud of for them even trying. And at the same time, here they are experiencing true musicality as they're also learning about some amazing Black musicians and a truly American art form. It was a great moment, and these days, I am going to hang on to the good moments with all I've got. Today on the podcast, I am so glad to have Laura Harmon as my guest. Laura is the Associate Music Director of the Philadelphia Girls Choir and holds a Bachelor of Music in Music Ed from Westminster Choir College in Princeton, New Jersey. Laura has over 17 years of professional experience as an educator and choral conductor and is dedicated to the musical growth and educational development of children. Laura currently teaches elementary general and vocal music right here in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Her students have performed in honors choirs throughout the state and have participated in all South Jersey choir, all state choir, and the Organization of American Kodai Educators National Choir, or OAK. Additionally, her private students are working in professional theaters in Philadelphia and are showcased in commercials, on television, and off-Broadway. Laura obtained her Kodai training from Westminster Choir College and currently serves on the Oak Eastern Division Board and the Equity Committee. So let's go. 
Welcome to the podcast, Laura Harmon. I am very, very happy to have you here. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, thank you. I was hoping that, you know, the main focus of the podcast is going to be about the girls' choir, but I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your day job, as they call them, and then maybe tell us a little bit about the Philadelphia Girls' Choir. Sure. Um, I am certified K-12, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I teach in South Jersey in the Cherry Hill School District. Uh, hey, right near my district. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Strictly elementary. Um we are now doing K to five. We used to be one to five, but we've okay. added K. We're in year two of K. Excellent. Um, teaching general music and also chorus for fifth graders. Okay. Um, what's going on with you guys with COVID? What are, what's changed? Um, music's very different and we are remote right now and okay. we will go to hybrid possibly on the 19th. We shall see. It's kind of been like a flip-flop back and forth a lot. Yeah, Um, Yeah, you have been in school at some point. We were in school and hybrid for six days. That's it? Uh, Yeah. six days. The numbers went crazy after six days, so we got pulled back out. Um, Yeah, so now we're full remote at the moment. Okay. Which I prefer than hybrid because music and hybrids, we can't sing. Yeah, it is. Kids can't sing. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Do you want to hear something funny? I've done more interviews than we've had episodes, you know, debut at this point. But some people I'm talking to have been in person every day, mostly the people in the Midwest, which I think is interesting. Some are with, I guess most have been with masks, but they're singing and their classes are like 20 kids. So where I am when we do hybrid, it's like seven to 10 kids. Yeah you know, in the first cohort and the second cohort. It's just so, it's so funny, the differences. Yeah, it's like whole other countries in our yeah. states at the yes, moment. Yes, exactly. All right, so can you tell me a little bit about uh, the Girls' Choir? Yeah, the Girls' Choir was founded technically 11 years ago, but we're in our full, full year of eight. This is our eighth full year um, okay. of getting things together. We have girls ranging as young as six up to 18 or whenever they graduate high school. Okay. We have four tiers. We used to have three, but we just added a fourth. And that is our youngest tier, Motif. And they are the singers that are never either don't have music in their school or have just started learning how to do music. So they're learning how to use their head voice and really learning how to track their music and Mm -hmm. basic rhythms, things that we would teach in Kodai in first, second, third grade, but a little bit more condensed. Then we have etude, which in music terms is a practice piece, and there are advanced training choir. And they work on a lot more sight reading and working on musical independence, their voice as well, and uh, part singing. So they're in more of two parts or three parts, depending on the ability of the group. Then sure. cantata, a little bit bigger of a piece. Mm-hmm. And they're our largest numbered group. Those are mostly our middle schoolers. And they are divided in, up into four parts at times, okay. depending on the piece. And then concerto is our major performing choir. Those are our high schoolers. 
and they are the ones that get all the gigs and do all the really <laughs> right. cool stuff. Right. Um, are they the traveling choir? They are the traveling choir. Cantata can travel as well, but they have to meet certain criteria in order okay. to go. Um, but Concerto is the main touring group, yes. Okay. And um, how many directors are there? There's two, uh, myself and Nathan Wadley. I direct Motif, Etude, and Cantata. Okay. And Nathan directs Cantata and Concerto. So we kind of tag team on Cantata because it is a larger group. Sure. Okay. How um, would a singer audition to get in? What are the requirements for them um, of membership? My, my sons have been in the Philadelphia Boys Choir. Right. Um, and, you know. It's a, it's hard to get in. and Yeah. So. Um, well, with boys and girls, it's a little bit different. Um, there's a lot of stereotypes that come with girls that, like, all girls can sing and all girls want to sing. And, right. you know, we're going to have all these massive numbers of girls and the boys are very selective and small. But it tends to kind of be the same when it comes to the amount of kids that want to sing. Sure. And the girls do have that more, I want to be a singer. Um, <laughs> so they, they do tend to audition a little bit more frequently than the boys, but okay. we right now are doing auditions online where we have a pre-screening. They can sing one of two pieces, America the Beautiful, because it's written lyrically by a woman. Right. Um, so we kind of, we're fostering that. And that's then nice. Kitty Alone. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. I love Kitty Alone. So they're doing, they have to do a verse of that and just send us a video say okay. their name, who they are, and sing that little ditty. And we listen to it and decide if we want to hear them in person, like on Zoom. Um, and then we have a 15-minute, 20-minute, like, getting to know you. Let's do some echo songs and let's go through and really see if you can sight read, depending how old you are. We have a couple of sight readings that we can screen share, and hmm. they take a look at that. And when we're deciding what groups to put students in we kind of look at their age and their musical ability so it's kind of good to hear where their voice will fit and right. where their musical brain will fit hmm. in, just out of interest how is it different are you finding any benefits to doing this kind of you know, necessarily online audition you know are you getting more girls fewer girls um it's we're getting fewer because a lot of times the jeffrey smith who's the boy choir director, yes. he will go out to schools and right. will say, hey, who wants to come audition? Yeah. Um, but we are finding that the quality of auditions versus the quantity is better. Mm, We're getting kids that really want to be there right. and are willing to put in the work to make that audition video. Whereas hmm. if someone's just coming to your school, you're like, okay, I'll do it. Right, Yay. exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, I know in my school, in our district, we, we try to get kids to come and it actually just hit me the other day. I'm like, oh, I haven't even thought to do that, which is terrible. I just, I'm so... Auditions are open now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everyone, call her up. Um, do you find that, like, do you think next year with auditions, you will kind of continue anything that you're doing differently this year? Um, I think we'll c stick with the pre-screening. Yeah, that seems like an interesting... Yeah, idea. for students that can't go or if Jeff can't get to a school in time or maybe they're homeschooled. Right. It's a really right. good – we have a few singers that are homeschooled, yeah, so it's sure. a great way for them to get pre-screened as well. That way they don't have to drive into the city yeah. just to 
sing for four seconds. Yeah, that was always a that was always a hard sell for my uh, parents yeah. and students. You know, to say you got to drive, you got to find parking. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, we have parking know. now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you guys are all at the same building. Is right. that correct? Yes. For so the rehearsals? boys are downstairs in their rehearsal hall, and the girls are upstairs in their rehearsal hall. Okay. Um, and once a student makes it in, do you have things like scholarships? Like what's... Oh, yeah. We have a very good scholarship program. and That's fantastic. It's awesome that it's not based on... Like most scholarships are based on your tax return. Right. Ours are based on... That is information we'd like, but it's also based on need and situation. So like right now, we have families that may have been fine last year. Right. But this year with the pandemic, they're not fine. And so we're like, hey, we got you. Just let's keep your singer singing and we'll work it out in the end. We'll work it out later. All right. And that's given a lot of relief to a lot of our girls' families and our boys' families. Yeah, I, I bet. This is the big question I'm sure lots of listeners want to know. What are your rehearsals and performances looking like in this era of COVID? Currently, all of our rehearsals are virtual at the moment because we are following CDC and Colorado study guidelines. Right. And we are making sure that we're getting our regular rehearsal space to where it will be safe. Okay. Um, Because singing is an act of your lungs. (laughs) And that is not something that we want to put at risk, especially sure. young lungs and yeah. the y- youngs of our multi-generational families. Sure. So we're doing everything virtually at the moment, but we are still doing gigs. So we've ha- been reached out to by a couple of different charities and by businesses that wanted to have holiday parties and are having different conferences and they wanted some kind of entertainment. So we've created virtual choirs to sell slash release to them right to you know entertain their audience and it's gone over very well and it gives us a chance to get our name out there since the boys tend to be a little bit more on the radar sure sure yeah they're (laughs) all over the place yeah so it's giving us a name as well that Mm -hmm. we have something unique to offer that they do not at the moment all right so i have to say i haven't done any of this virtual choir stuff it is like a terrifying like concept to me i saw some of the girls choir stuff which i'm assuming you are yes heavily involved in <laughs> so let's say you're talking to me which you actually are what say, look at that <laughs> and i'm like let's say i say oh i want to kind of put together something small like maybe for fourth grade graduation mm-hmm. could you give me some tips or i literally know nothing Like, I don't know the first thing about what I could do. So I think the most important thing is to figure out what programs you are good at slash and or are willing to watch tutorials on. Right. And let's say none of them. You have nothing. Okay. (laughs) So if you have nothing, I would say there's a couple of free programs that you can use. um, Or very minimal amount of monies. Like, it's like an app kind of a deal. Sure, sure. And I would use Flipgrid. That's what we use. Flipgrid, I know how to do. Flipgrid's great because everything comes to you in the same format. 
So someone's not sending it from a 1989 camcorder or right. an iPod <laughs> Touch or, you know, the brand new phones. Right, right. It's all coming from the same um, – it's called coming to you in the same quality. So right, that's right. the first thing because that's going to make it way easier for you to find everything in one spot. Okay. So – and having a rehearsal track that the kids listen to – you can do it two ways where you pre-record the audio and then send it back after it's mixed and then have someone like karaoke it. Right. So they don't have headphones on. Or if you're just like, no, I need to do this fast, headphones are the way to go. You make your rehearsal track and you decide. It can just be accompaniment or you can have someone singing along. Maybe okay. their part in one ear, your part, the other part in the other ear if it's more okay. than one part. And have them sing along with it. And record themselves. And record themselves on on Flipgrid. And if you do it all in one shot, video, audio, then they just have to remember they have to not look like little potatoes. Cooked potatoes, great. They take effort. But uncooked potatoes, poisonous. So nobody likes sad children. So it's just like, okay, look at the camera, smile. If there's piano breaks in your music, Dub yourself saying, smile now. Right. So only they are hearing Correct. the thing you have made in their headphones. Yeah. And then you can layer it back in using Audacity, which is free. I personally use Logic because okay. um, I have a Mac, so I do the whole Logic and Final Cut Pro. But if you're going for free, you can layer it back in with Audacity. Okay. So once you have your videos, you're going to download them from... Flipgrid, and you can download the audio, separate it, throw it into Audacity, mix it up however you want it to sound. Sweet. So that you don't have little Susie like, yeah! You can mix it up and right. make sure that no one's the shining star. That right, you- right. Which can happen in live performance. Correct. You know, the one kid who's moving and grooving. Now yeah. you have way more control. So much more. Um, so then mix the audio in and then if you're looking for a free video put together, um, there's one called Vid Stitch, like video, Vid Stitch. Right. Um, I find it tricky because you have to find the exact lineup. Oh, boy. But once you get that, you can go. But there's no really easy drag and drop at the moment okay. because they're trying. It, there's something that did come out, but it's in beta testing at the moment. Okay. Um, where you will be able to drag and drop because you have to record through their program kind of thing. Right. Um, but even Zoom, like the technology audio-wise just isn't here yet mm. because no one thought we would need it. Right. <laughs> Another like, could have predicted. No. Right, right. There is a choir in Silicon Valley. Well, their parents live are Silicon mm, Valley techs, right. <laughs> so they're working on something. Oh, I bet. Um, that would be like Zoom for musicians. Right. Yeah, that would be would, neat. It would be cool. Yeah. Maybe even by the time this debuts, something will start coming out. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. If you're doing it legit, it's 15 to 30 hours per video. Um, if you're doing it fast and dirty and you're just like, I want it to, you know, the kids to be happy about it, then right. it might take you four or five hours. Right. But so there's nothing that's fast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I have a – how about this? Do you have any tips about um, – you must be really, really good at rehearsals now. Yeah. <laughs> any tips about that? Are you doing that at Cherry Hill or no? Are you guys um, – No. There's no choir in Cherry okay. Hill at the moment. So yeah, sure. So for 
Philadelphia Girl Choir, everyone is there of their own volition. No one is under duress, whereas in Cherry Hill, fifth graders are required to be there. Right. So just the fact that they want to be there is a good start. Sure. Um, we do make sure that the singer's cameras are on so we can physically see and say, okay, I need you sitting up. Um, I see that your jaw is, you know, a little tight. Why don't we do something and we okay. can work through those kind of things visually. We can't hear them because we have to mute because we're sometimes we're up to 76. Yeah, it's, I can't even take like nine kids at once in right. two kids on mute and I want to start yep. yelling. <laughs> <laughs> so we are using Flipgrid to assess and give feedback. Um, but it's mostly we're doing a lot of sight reading and rhythm work and melodic work. And when we're teaching things, we are really doing a lot of chunking. Yeah. Like a lot of chunking. Mm -hmm. um, and picking pieces for virtual singing versus picking pieces for normal singing is also an extremely different skill. There sure. are some songs I would love to do in person, but I cannot do them virtually because yeah. it just, it can't work. Mm, it's frustrating. So like Tres Cantos Notivos, like awesome movement, percussion, yeah. language. It's so <laughs> rich in culture and amazing. Right. And you, you can't, can't do, do it, it online. No way. You just can't. Right. Um, so I think picking your rehearsal music is a really important step that a lot of people are skipping. They're just like, oh, I want to do this. You have to think, how is this going to carry across? And how can I visually see, are they getting this? Yeah. And how can I assess that they're getting this? Um, if you're thinking like modal things or stuff with a ton of accidentals, like or weird time signatures. Right. Maybe like, save it for next year. Correct. <laughs> Find things that they can feel successful in sure. and that you as a teacher can feel successful in because it's important to also feel your own success. Yeah. And for you not to be frustrated because yeah, I mean, they can see your frustration. Yeah, you're fighting all these things, but really it must be the thing that must be hardest is the thing that's hardest for everybody and that's kind of screen fatigue, you yeah. know. Like, how am I going to keep them engaged without overtaxing them or under-challenging them? Right. I really admire what you're doing. I'm serious. I <laughs> Like, I'm listening to you, and I feel like I'm listening to somebody who teaches math. I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so <laughs> glad I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, we learn I, new stuff every day. Nathan yeah. and I text each other, we learn this, we learn this, <laughs> this, do this. Mine would be like, okay, kids, we're all going to – each one of us is going to talk about our feelings. <laughs> For the next nine months. <laughs> we do have a poll that we put up for each for rehearsal that asks them what their feelings are yeah, that day. No, and I mean meh is an answer. And it's chosen I quite often. By the directors or by the students. We're not allowed to, but yeah. You're like secret meh, am I right? <laughs> Who's that extra mound? Yeah, so all right. So let's let's go into the future and talk about how things are either before COVID or what we hope they will um be in the future you you brought up Kodai um I think you guys utilize it across the program is is this yes. correct how yeah. did how did you come to this decision and who holds certification that kind of thing well all three of us hold certification and um, oh wait who's the third one uh, yes Jody Boers our accompanist okay um so Jody and I are both Westminster Choir College graduates um, and we both did our Kodai levels I did mine at Westminster. I'm not sure where Jody did hers. Um, 
and Nathan also did his, I believe, at Capitol. Okay. Um, Nathan was in the American Boy Choir as a child. Oh, I don't so, know. As that. a wee lad. <laughs> um, so he's got a lot of that intense children's choir experience. And mm-hmm. so that's fantastic. And he knows what has worked and what hasn't worked. And with his Kodai knowledge and that um, added together, we kind of like are this like monster Kodai team. That's awesome. Um, we use same syllables across the board for all the kids. Um, we do absolute pitches and solfege, hand signs. Ooh. We do a lot of sight reading just because we really want the girls to be those intelligent musicians and those independent musicians. We don't want them to have to rely on someone else, a real musician, I just need <laughs> giant air quotes, right? telling them the pitches because the worst thing is when you walk into a practice room or a voice lesson and the pianist looks at you like just singers (laughs) like that's not the tempo that's not the right key that's you know and I'm not trying to bash pianists because I love you because I can't do that exactly my 10 fingers and dyslexia no 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 (laughs) um but it's it's important to me that they feel comfortable and successful and confident in their skills because they are so smart and they are such little sponges ready to learn. And when it comes to using Kodai, I feel like that really lends to singers because it's a singing based, you know, methodology. And the fact that they can see their voice as an instrument, which most people don't, they right. separate them, but they should be able to use it as one and yeah, as a absolutely. learning tool. So using Kodai, it really gives us a vocabulary for musical understanding. Um, whereas mu- instrumentals would use their fingers to figure it out. We use the solfege to figure it out. So cool. All right. So that was a conscious choice. Yes. That you made. And um, I also think like it... Not, it does matter what methodology you choose, but it's so great when you have consistency. Yes. Um, we know, you know, those of us teaching in uh, public school systems, you know, we know what it's like to have multiple mm-hmm. uh, teachers with different approaches teaching. But what a great thing to have this consistency from bottom to top for those girls. Yeah. Just having the language all the way through making sense instead of yeah. we have do to data and then right. and then right. one and a two and <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like I always say language. kids, kids are resilient so they can move past those things. But it is easier if that language is um, consistent and constant yeah. through those levels. So that's what a gift it is to those kids uh, who are, like you said, you know, so ready to take in that learning. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, from what I've heard of your choirs, one thing I wanted to say was um, I've noticed, I, I think they're just really joyful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's surely a testament to what you guys are doing. Um, I've seen kids who look kind of miserable um, <laughs> when they're singing and I really, I feel like when I see the girls, uh, they're excited, you know, to be there and enjoying it. 
Um, and, you're, you know, we were just talking about the musical aspects. They're enjoying each other. Yeah, which is... They're really enjoying each other. It's not even like... It is the music, but like... Sure. They it's all really enjoy each other. Yeah. They're but, like I mean, so is, cute. Isn't that what a huge function of music is we're doing this thing. There's a time to make music for yourself, by yourself. There's a time to make music for other people. And there's a time to make music with people. I often talk about um, my son, the violist, who, when he got into high school, he was so insistent on being in marching band. (laughs) And at first, I, I, I mean, I was in marching band and I loved it. But I was like, oh, and you know, you're so busy. Like, well, And he said, I want to be with my friends and I want to make music mm-hmm. with them. So he picked up a bunch of instruments so he could be making music with them. And that just... That's awesome. Yeah, it was... And what a dope I was not to <laughs> figure it out. At first, I'm like, why do we need to add another thing? Um, so I love that you guys offer that to these uh, students, these musicians. But I also... I get a sense that you value uh, cultural diversity, personal development, um, these things with your singers. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that manifests uh, on a practical level for the musicians? Like, what do they see of this commitment you guys have at the choir? I am going to ask if I get off track, drag me back in. Absolutely. Um, But I think I have to start, for me personally, like, I am... everything on the map so if you look at my ancestry dna it's like <laughs> attack if i'm simplifying native american nanticoke tribe um african-american and german but like it's way more explosive than that right. and, and that feels up, pretty explosive already <laughs> and i'm very racially ambiguous looking no one knows where to oh, put me oh me too yeah for the racially ambiguous do you get that like where where are what you are from? you? Well, I get, where are you from? And then I say, Florida, just yeah. to mess with them. And they're like, no, but where But where are you actually from? I'm like, Miami and Florida. Mine was always, what is your name? Something else. And the third question was always, what are you? What are you? I wrote you? a whole oh. essay in high school about it. I bet you did. And they published it in the, nice, in the school paper. And all Whoa. the kids, like I had kids coming up and apologizing to me because they didn't you. realize how they made me feel. Um, mm. But yeah, I grew up in a school where I was the only person of color until seventh grade. Wow. Um, and in an area where the Ku Klux Klan is rapid mm. and the Klan leader's son was in my class. No. So it oh. was very um, stressful to say the least. And a lot of times I didn't know that music was for me, that I was that. allowed to have music. Mm. And I happened to have a teacher um, she's recently passed, Nancy Fox, and she sh- introduced me to Kathleen Battle. Oh, I saw her. I, I, I sang with her. <gasps> you did? I did. That's cool. I almost died. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have her signature, everything. I, it was like a lifelong, like amazing. Oh, yes, she's fantastic. crazy, but like yeah. amazing. She was late for our performance. That's what I always remember. She was like 40 minutes late. She was on time for ours, but someone's <laughs> cell phone went off, and she stopped the oh, whole show. Oh, no, she didn't. Twice. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Go but ahead. Yes, so she introduced um, you to Kathleen Battle. And I was like, oh, there is music that I can do. And so mm. that's what got me into the opera world. Um, and that was kind of my foot in the door. And then Mariah Carey came out when I was in, like, mm. middle school, and I was like, shut up. She looks <laughs> like me. 
That's awesome. um, so that was a whole nother genre of music that I was like, ooh, that's accessible too. Mm -hmm. So I really try with the girls to A, give them music that might not be who they are. And then B, music that is them as well. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have a different perspective when you're looking at music that represents you. And you're going to be able to share it with your friends. We did yeah. an Arabic piece, um, Talia Alberduelena, um, and we worked with Joan Littman on it. Mm -hmm. And my, I had three little Arabic-speaking girls, and their faces just lighting up and like sharing with I their bet. friends in the group and telling them what it was about. And they were just so excited and working with their grandparents on like how to pronounce things and giving us that firsthand account and the other kids just seeing their friends so joyful about themselves really makes our community stronger. Absolutely. And gives those kids that it is about a sense of belonging and a sense of validation as to who they are and that who they are is okay. Cause a mm -hmm. lot of times who we are as POC, I'm getting verklempt, um, <laughs> isn't always okay. Sure. And we have to put masks on. And I don't want the girls to ever feel like they have to put a mask on. Well, that's so great that you're doing that for them. Because am I right? I, I'm no expert on children's choirs across the mm. United States. But I'm going to guess that maybe that's changing. But certainly that hasn't been the practice, this practice of kind of even thinking about issues of, you know, their yeah. culture, race, gender. Yeah, it's it's a fight for a thousand percent sure, even just getting away from folk songs that say boy, girl. Mm -hmm. And song, like most real songs mm -hmm. that are art songs, etc., are boy-based or girl falling in love with boy-based or mm -hmm. very gender stereotyped. And we also try and stay away from that. Our girls are very open and they are very expressive in who they love. And we're just like, okay, you do you. Right. And we never want them to feel uncomfortable about that. And so we're just, we're just very open with everything. Mm -hmm. um, and we have conversations. And when we're discussing certain composers, we're making sure that we're validating that composer and their life. And explaining it to the girls because we don't want them to have a false sense of who people are because then if that's who they are, they're going to feel ashamed. Hmm. Um, so we really try with repertoire and with people that we have coming in to work with the girls that everyone is just as open and as caring and as inclusive as they can be. I am um, on the, uh, Oak Diversity Committee. Oak is the uh, Organization of American Kodai Educators. <laughs> That's funny when you have to say the whole thing. It's so long. <laughs> um, I don't think it's called the Diversity Committee anymore. They changed the name. I don't remember. Yes, that um, happens a lot. But as one of the few POC on that, um, I am doing a lot of extra work. That um, emotionally, mostly. Yeah. No, I was um, just gonna say. It feels like it, you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's... But somebody's got to, you know, tell them how it is. I'll tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
so yeah with that we're just slowly going this might not be a good song this might be a not good uniform for our children's choir or for our women's choir maybe we need to call it something else and they're slowly rolling into that finding inclusive language which is huge i feel in general for the kodai community sure like we're very old school um in a way and I feel like right now is the best time to start making those changes while people's minds are really hyper-focused during this pandemic. Like build on the momentum. Right. You might as well. Like the world's like, "Ah!" Yeah, the world's on fire. Change everything now. (laughs) You know, it's the time for change. You're going to change it. Do it now. Yeah. And do you you find that – here's a trick question. I don't know if you'll feel comfortable answering this. Where do you find these kinds of changes easier in your work with Oak or in the girls' choir? Um, and you don't have to answer it. If you uh, I will answer. I do not care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Laura. <laughs> I know. I was just. I was just saying that um, to be polite. I find it easier with the girl choir because of the position that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I guess because I am in a position of more authority. Great. Whereas with other organizations, you like the committees are at the bottom yep. and you have to keep going up and up and up. And, and it takes forever. And it's politics, man. Yeah, bureaucracy. Not that there's not politics in you sure. know, <laughs> the boy choir, girl choir building because right, there right. 1000% is. But I feel that we're getting to a point with the girls that I'm going to say administration for lack of a better word. Administration, the people above me are listening not just to us, but to our girls. That's great. They come in in the office and say, this is a concern. They're actually listening. Um, and that they're starting to feel comfortable with, you know, sending an email now and again to express how they feel about a certain topic or a song or whatever we're doing. Um, even if it's a suggestion, like, they can get shot down, but they're feeling comfortable enough to say, hey, we'd like to get some leggings with the girls choir logo on it um just like even if it's something silly but the fact that they're feeling that the gender differences are becoming more equal right like in in voice form right um that's great is is a good is a good step yeah i mean that that has to mean that they feel ownership right and they feel seen (laughs) You know, I'm a part of this and I can go. It's like when you have good admin wherever you're teaching. If you feel like you can go to the admin and say, hey, could you stop having so many dumb faculty meetings because you're wasting our time. I need you not Um, to have that field trip on day two because I haven't seen them in six weeks. (laughs) Exactly. It's like you will never do that in a place where you don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. But when you feel comfortable, you go and you ask Knowing you might hear a no, but at least feeling like they're going to listen right. to me. And they're going to maybe explain the no Yeah, yeah. in a way that I wasn't thinking of. So, And what about like how's it going – what's your general approach choosing repertoire? Because I know this is just a minefield from start to finish, whether it's <laughs> something as simple as, you know, let's like cut out the issues of 
you know, racism. I don't mean to cut mm-hmm. it out, but I'm saying I'm putting that to the side for a second. There are people who are stuck in a rut. Yeah. There are people, when I spoke to Franklin Willis, he said, you know, you have people who are like, what they sing? What did they sing in the 1992 AC? Oh, yeah, I heard you that know, one. right? It's like, <laughs> I was like let's true. just pull that one back out. Well, the J.W. Pepper. <laughs> yes, exactly. Texas All City Choir in <laughs> right, 2010. Right. Yeah. So, like, what are you doing that you feel is, um, I don't want to say cutting edge, but <laughs> what's your approach? And I, I think that these kinds of practical things for music teachers yeah. um, are priceless as far as I'm concerned because I think – in these on-the-ground, nitty-gritty decisions, it's where we live. You yeah. know, it's like, that's all great, Missy, but I got to go pick, you know, five songs for the concert next year, right. you know. So give us a little look into what you think about when you're looking at repertoire for the next season or concert mm-hmm. in regular times. Well, first thing is I lead with my intuition, Yeah, which for me – repertoire is like my top musical intuition yeah and by the way i've seen you choose repertoire and you do a fantastic job thank you my <laughs> kids are still talking about when they sang under you at the oh, elementary I... festival so oh, thank yeah you. you choose really well it's hard it is but it's good um and then i look at what i have and i'm like what are these kids strengths and what is something in a piece that I would want to challenge them with. Hmm. So I always make sure there's a challenging song. That was the Metsa Telegram when we did yes. that for All South. Such a great piece. Um, <laughs> such a hard piece, but such a great Especially piece. when some people forgot to teach it. Hey, what? Um, anyway, what? <laughs> uh, but I they'll always find that one challenge piece where I'm like, if I push them, it's going to be the one they love. It's kind of like when they first do Ashlo Shah right. and everyone's like, I can't do that. And then it's like everyone's favorite song. It's their favorite, favorite song. It's always the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to find that piece first. Okay. And then I kind of build off of that. With the girl choir, we do have themes. Um, oh, but okay. they're not like the birds because who wants to listen to 8,000 right. songs about birds? Zero people. <laughs> not even a bird wants to hear no. that. No. <laughs> so we try to keep them a little bit broad. Like last year was Mother Nature. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's big. So that can be a lot of different things, which we added Metzotelegram because Woodpecker Yay. and Save the Forest <laughs> um, and Tres Cantos Notivos. And we had a bunch of other ones, but we try to, even if it's a stretch, we'll throw it in there. And then we look at tour. Where are we going on tour? You do one big big kind of global tour. Won't it be great to be doing those again? Oh, my gosh. I'm dying. (laughs) I know. My passport is sad. I know. I started looking the other day. Like, just let me just look at Kayak and just look at some. Where can I go? And, of course, the tickets are like, go to California for $2. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, okay, so you have tours. So you you have to think of that. Also. Right. So with especially with the older groups, uh, Cantata and Concerto, we try to make sure there's some kind of tour repertoire that's native to that region that we can work with either a composer or musician in residence or even with their choirs. Because mm. we always sing with the choirs um, that we go visit. So we visit with two, three or four different choirs and we do a joint concert with them. So we have a cultural exchange. We eat dinner with them. I love that. It's super cool. So we try to find something that they can help us with, either with background information or with language, depending where we're going. Um, and so we add that to our repertoire so our students and are, are comfortable and they're learning a little bit before they go. Yeah. 
So that kind of is something different than most people have to look forward to. But even if it's competition, what is, what's going to be your competition piece that you're adding into that set? Um, and how can it still tie into your theme? And then I just like look at my population. Who do I have? Who haven't I represented? Because I'm a list maker. Yeah. And I have a list. <laughs> so I'm like, who haven't I represented? Who's going to feel possibly left out? Or who's been looking like a little bit sad cakes? Yeah. Let me pull that out and see if they light up. Or who do I know that's a really good resource that's a friend of mine that could come in and present to these kids whatever this culture happens to be. We have Joan Littman coming in right. with the girls with a workshop in uh, this month in mm, January. Um, we're looking at some Greek music, so we're going to talk to Erismia mm. about doing some uh, Greek songs with the girls. And Do you have family members come in ever if – cultural Um, bearers and yeah 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 um especially with language yeah yeah so it really depends on the song and the the kids um that we have at the moment but yes we 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 did um which is in i'm pretending uh, to know what that is yes (laughs) it's a crazy crazy hard song um uh dance wise there's dances um it's in an indian dialect that's really close to bangladesh okay so we had some students that take Indian dance come and help us with that's the movements because so cool. they're like, each finger, that's different. Yes. You, I right learned mouth. about that this year. And I was like, let's do it. Let's do it right. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that gives them a sense of ownership and lets them come into it. So I try to find when I'm picking repertoire something along those lines, either where a student or their family could help or where I have an outside friend that could come in and share. And then I look at my voicings. Like, if we're doing four parts for every song, that's exhausting. What is the song that's super easy on them, but yeah. still teaches a lot and is really just beautiful? Like, my piece for that last year was Lunar Lullaby. Mm. And it's absolutely gorgeous. It's only two parts for the most of the song. It has a flute and a piano, and it's just, it's stunning. Mm. And... The girls just loved it. Like they just wanted to sing it all the time. And it really made them feel successful. They could learn a lot rhythmically, melodically, modally. So I try to find if it is that simple piece, but like what can I extract from it that they're really going to remember and learn from and put that information into their performance? Hmm. Because it's not all about performance. But the more you know about your song, whether it's lyrically – or poetically, or just breaking it down music theory-wise, the audience is going to hear that. They're going to hear if you're comfortable with it or if you're not. Right. A good audience. Yeah. All right. So here's a weird question. What about, like, old standards, you know, the Mm -hmm. songs? Because I think uh, what I hear a lot, and I think it's a valid question. I think some people drag it out too much, but... You know, what about the songs we love? Do we just throw them all away? I'm not talking about songs that need to be right. taken out. I understand. You know, I think... What, I think there's a time and yeah. a place for them. And I do have a template that I like to just yeah, double check things against. Yeah. Where it'll have different categories, like maybe an era category or a genre category or 
old white man category versus <laughs> POC versus right. a female composer. Um, and then like globally, where are things from? What language are we singing? Are we only singing in English this semester? That's not okay. Let's right. switch it out. So Find you mean a template for each time, you know, each marketing each period or a mm -hmm. program. Um, yeah, that's great. So is the template the same or is the template just kind the, of a... The template is the same. It's just a matter of what I plug in and there's extra slots. So sure. sometimes I might not need to use the classical slot. Right. And then sometimes I'm like, well, I feel like I, this is like very, um, maybe it's the whole thing's too rhythmic or the whole thing is, I don't want to say too like cultural, but like it's going to be too mean. much for the audience. Right, right. Or a stereotypical like Caucasian audience. Yeah. Um, and yet so, you're still kind of challenging them. Correct. Yeah. I yeah, want them like to everything. hear, but I, I don't want to overload. Yeah. You know, I can't listen to mariachi music 24-7. Right, right. I need some kind of change. Give me some, sure. give me reggaeton or something. Right. Um, so. Yeah, what kind of pop music stuff are you guys doing? Um, we've, we do a lot of, we have like Sarah Bareilles. We'll do some uh, Disney on occasion, but it's not really what we go for. We're right. not really into the showy McShowy. Right. We <laughs> do have like a big quotes pop piece right um but we try to make it a meaningful pop piece um and not just something that's for funsies we right. want it to mean something so we did a girl power year as a theme and so we did brave by sarah Bareilles, and okay. that for the girls meant a lot and we did a lot of work on what makes you feel brave how can you be brave during this semester <laughs> with your voice how can you yeah. be brave as a choir, how can you be brave in your personal life? And they actually had to write these things down and keep them on a post-it. That's cool. And I'd be I like, like randomly, you look sad. Check your post-it. What mm. could you be doing to help you with what's on your post-it? Yeah, I like that you guys are – it's a pretty holistic approach, you know, to – it's not come in, you're this choir that we're going to use at the, you know, parade or something. I don't mm -hmm. know. I'm just making it up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's – I'm concerned with the whole person, yeah. you know, student who's sitting in front of me. Uh, maybe uh, would you be willing to share some of those pieces and we could put it on the episode page? Sure. Yeah, because that's, you know, I mean, I can't blame a choir teacher for being like, help. <laughs> I would I say don't try them all at the same time. Right, right, right. put right, that no. out there. A absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I can do like a, a top 10 of like yeah. go to, these are awesomes. Right. Or even, well, I don't know if you able to do this but maybe you could share a couple seasons of programs even one or two mm -hmm. you know so okay. people can see the way because I think when you did the South Jersey um, elementary choir festival I loved the um it just was a really nice template like as you Thank said you. there was that piece <clears throat> that the kids couldn't stop talking about but then I would think and now I'm all, I'm doing it all by feel, you know, just like from my yeah. memory. There was, but then there were other pieces that, like one kid would say, "I loved this piece. It really resonated with this kid." And another kid's like, "Yeah, but this one was really like my favorite was this." But then when it's the Metzitel, you know, oh my gosh, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my kids have all sung in all state and all South Jersey, and they still talk about it. You know, that's they still awesome. talk Yay. about those pieces that. 
I went um, through like 12 drafts of that program. There was I, just I stuff bet. flying on, flying <laughs> off. It was crazy. <laughs> All right. So we'll put those on for our listeners because I think that would be great for them. And hopefully we can encourage those in our area to send some of their girls your way, which yeah. would be fantastic. I forgot to tell you, um, we, the girls, Nathan and I are putting together this semester a how-to virtual choir tutorial video that's going to be like an hour long. We're Ooh. building it between now and like March and we'll be releasing it because people I think are still going to do them whether we're COVID uh, or not. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we're putting together like a little like this is how long it takes. This is like each step that we're doing. And so that oh, will that be is coming a out wonderful eventually. Thing. All right. And that'll be available to the public? Um, yeah, that'll be uh, a link on the okay. Girls Choir website. All right. And, and you'll uh, probably announce it on the Instagram, right? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So, Laura, thank you for being here. I feel like even though I thought I knew a lot about the Philadelphia Girls Choir, I learned so much. I look forward to seeing what you guys are going to do next. I'm going to share your Instagram, which I think is really great. Oh, thank you. For I the do Girls that. Choir. Yeah, I, I knew that. <laughs> I just think, oh, that's Laura. <laughs> um, for people to follow, thank you for the work that you're doing with these singers and, you know, the difference you're making for them musically, personally, culturally, um, and for being a person that a lot of your girls can look at and say, that's me. You know, I see myself represented thank uh, you. there. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It was so great. All right. Who is excited about the tutorial Laura and her colleague at the Philadelphia Girls Choir are going to be putting out soon for virtual choir help? I know I am, and I'm guessing lots of you are too. As soon as it debuts, I will make sure to share it out on all my social media. And if you need a reminder about where to find me, head to Music Ed with Missy on Facebook or Instagram or to DocStrong26 over on Twitter. If you want to reach out to me with questions or ideas for upcoming guests, email me at musicedwithmissy at gmail.com. To find out more about Laura and to follow the Girls Choir on Instagram, check out the episode page. Our show is co-produced with my amazingly talented and patient husband, Jeremy Strong, who, along with our second son, Owen Strong, arranged and performed our theme music. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast to help us get the word out. Thank you so much for spending time with me. You are a busy person, and I know life is demanding so much from you. I hope that it was worthwhile and that you're motivated to reflect on your philosophy and practice and that you picked up some practical tips. I'll see you next time, but until then, do not forget to keep doing all you can to create a more musical, thoughtful, and just world for your students, their families, and your community. 